We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gaming Golf uh, U.S. Open Edition. Jeff Erickson here, back from a week sabbatical here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Jenstad. The, uh, re- the recently wealthier Scott Jenstad, after uh, having a little Higo money in his pocket after this past weekend. Congratulations on that. It was, uh, a, thing of, it was a thing of beauty. Thanks to uh, Chess and Hadley for feeling the, feeling the nerves a little bit on, on the in the back nine. Yeah, uh, that, that was hard to watch. It was. It was literally hard to watch for me. I was in the Caribbean, but... Uh, it, no, was, uh, it, was, oh. it was less hard for me to watch. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, what do that, you do? What do you do with Higo money? What's the what's the like first thing you do with a Garrick Higo windfall? How does that get spent? Uh, it uh, it covers for the last three or four weeks of not picking winners, and then it uh, adds adds to the bankroll for the U.S. Open, which is always good in front of a major. Nice. All right, that's a good call. This is this is a big one. Yeah, it's we a should, job. We should, I'm looking forward to it. We, we should. Yeah. Uh, we should I, hit something I, good. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to this, uh, and we should have a good time. Um, but uh, congrats on the Higo. Uh, poor Chesson. I watched Dustin Johnson a little bit on Saturday from the hotel, and like, screw that. I'm out of here. Um, is that, That's my guy in our leagues, and it was just tough watching him skulk around. Ooh, I guess I'm not going to compete again this weekend either. Because Jeff's got him on my team, but anyway, if, if, uh, if, if not for that, if not for that triple on Sunday, though, like he's right there. I mean, nobody ran away, and it's just uh, nobody took advantage. It was a weird, it was a weird Sunday. It was a weird event, totally. Yeah. I mean, the course looked good. I like the course, uh, but you know, it's a smaller field, uh, or I shouldn't say smaller, but lesser field, and a lot of the big names didn't even make the cut, and a lot of the others faded over the weekend, so it made it tough. But anyhow. We got a we got a major this week at the U.S. Open. We got uh, Tory Pines Classic Course. Second time this year we go there. First, let's ask you guys this: How do you feel about going back to a, a course that's on the rotation? Well, I it's all it's like barely on the rotation. I I, I guess. Well, I, I what do you mean? Not talking about the road. The, I was thinking the U.S. Open Rota, but no, the no. PGA I'm talking the, the week. Yeah, this, the, the yearly Rota. Uh, no, I like I like U.S. Open Rota better. I, I I don't. To me, it's a little bit of a. Um, a mark against Tory yeah. Pines is the fact you see it all the time. Yeah, they'll trick it up a little bit differently. It's going to be, you know, rough. You're seeing just hop on Twitter if you want to see golf balls landing in the rough and people, you know, showing that off. Uh, but for me, I, I like seeing the U.S. Open kind of like original venues, you know, the spots you only see once every five or six years more than just kind of popping back to Tory. 
I'm I'm probably biased because I love Tori and I love Pebble, and that's the two places they really do this at. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to go see one of the rounds live, so I'm biased there also. Um, but I love this course. I love the area. Um, I'm good with it. I mean, I you know I, I think it's cool when they play something they haven't played at all either. But I think it'd be fun. You get it the south course only. I think it'll be different enough. The the fairways will be more narrow. The rough will be up. I think it'll play a, a lot different than we're used to in January. And the wind is a big difference too. Like the the wind, there's not gonna be any wind. Sometimes you get January. You know, Brent Snedeker won a few years ago. Where it was crazy wind, and everybody uh, can't kind of came back to the field. But uh, I'm good with it. I think it's gonna be fun. It's a beautiful a beautiful area. I'm biased in favor of any course that I've actually been able to play before. So and you, what you, what you, you shot, what, 73 there? Is that right? Then I played the back. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, it was it was actually a week after the tournament, um, which was pretty cool because a lot of the, the ble- this was a couple of years ago. Uh, the bleachers were they're t- still pr- taking down a lot of the bleachers. A lot of them were still standing. Uh, the, the fairways were carpet. They were amazing to hit off of. The, the three times I got on the fairway, the rough was tough to hack out of, but I parred in the last like two or three holes. So that was pretty cool. Um, uh, that's as good as I can do. So it, it, it was, a, it's an awesome course though. It was, it was fun to see Torrey Pine South. I haven't played the North yet though. A par, par, par finish might play well this week for, yeah. uh, for somebody coming down the stretch. You could, you could, you could sell those three pars. Uh, Are they going to still do? Uh, do you think like they'll have the same pins as they do every year for the Buick or whatever it's called now? Um, you know where they had that front pin on Sunday on eighteen. You know, front left pin on. You know, or do you think they'll change it up a little bit? I don't know. It wasn't front left. I mean, everybody's seen the Tiger replays a million times. You know, that was not the that was not the Buick Invitational pin. So no, I think they true. probably have something new in mind. Uh, yeah, we just as they as just they tweak the whole course, you know, front to back. I think pin position is probably part of it. Yeah. Then the thing they did again is they lengthened the course. They grew out the rough. Once again, this is a bombers type of course. Uh, at least that's what everyone's saying. Is that what you guys think is going to be the case? We'll Scott, start with Scott this time. What do you think is how who's got the advantage here? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. We're gonna have to see exactly how bad the rough is. But when we saw the U.S. Open last time with Bryson, like it just made such a huge difference. Like nobody was in the fairway anyway. So when Bryson's 30, 40 yards further than everybody else, I mean, that approach shot, it makes a huge difference. I think bomber, I think it's a huge bombers week. Um, I'm going to have a hard time picking guys who don't hit the ball far. You know, you're going to get some guys that, 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 that hit the ball so well around the greens. You know, when Spieth won his U.S. Open, he was great around the greens. Same with Gary Woodland at Pebble, just unbelievable, you know, chipping and putting that week where – so you're gonna get some guys that are just you know hit hit fairways. You get like an eight answer that doesn't hit the ball far, but you know he's third in the third in the field and hitting fairways. So you get some guys like that, but I think that for the most part, bombers have a huge edge here this week. The U.S. Open, man, it's the this is the macho golf tournament yep. of the year, you know, and they've got they picked a tough golf course and they're gonna trick it up to to just you know make it as tough as possible. And so it's gonna it's got to start with power this week. I think there's no question. You got to have the power game the 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 strong mind all of that stuff they they'll just they're gonna put it on an edge and the strong survive so i'm with you scott you gotta i don't know how you can pick players who aren't you know that that power player type of mode and bryson's the prime example and of course we have to start the conversation with bryson um and you know it it's all yeah he's the defending champ from wingfoot uh they even used the phrase bomb and gouge but pga.com had a really good article today uh, talking about the history, like Sam Snead used to have an advantage over the field by hitting it farther than Arnie did. And then Vijay Singh, of all people, did. And, you know, it's like every generation, they have that one golfer that hits it farther than everyone else. Everybody, you know, used to have to tiger-proof courses. Now we're Bryson-proofing courses. And it seems like the only answer every time is, hey, lengthen it. Grow the rough out. 
know, as everyone likes to say, better to kind of gap, dig out from from the rough with a, a shorter club than a fairway hitting from the a five iron from the fairway, right? Yeah, I mean, Bryson, you know, he made those calculations for himself, you know, and that was, it, it's not like he just started lifting weights. I mean, for him, right. it was like, this was all calculated, you know, he did the, he did the research and decided, look, if, if I hit the ball farther than anybody else in pro golf, it's going to pay off. And it is paying off. And, and obviously last U.S. Open, that's where, you know, he ultimately hit the biggest cash register <laughs> yet, uh, was getting that first major championship win. And so, and he has to go on the short list of favorites this week. No one has a bigger, you know, bigger game off the tee than he does right now. So um, he's he's certainly, you know, he's among the odds-on favorites. He's I'm looking at the DraftKings board now. I'm, I'm actually surprised that Rom is the number one uh, most expensive player in the in the daily fantasy. But I I think Bryson, you know, he's going to be in a lot of lineups this week, and rightfully so. But Bryson's recent form has been pretty bad. Uh, that's the interesting thing. He, I think he's only had like a couple top 35s even, uh, let alone top fives, top tens. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think, Scott? I, he's still on my short list despite that. Yeah. I mean, I think he has to be on the short list just because of this power game, but there's enough guys at the top here that, that hit the ball far enough that are hitting the ball. I think that you, how you, how you hit on approach is going to be important. I mean, there's a lot of long yeah. par fours. I mean, they, they made that one par five into a par four. So suddenly, you know, it's par 71. Now I think that, uh, you know, you got to score on the par fives and the par threes, but those par fours, you're going to have to find a way to make pars. And I just, I, I think of the guys at the top, I prefer a couple others to do that over Bryson this week. So uh, I'm not going to be betting him and I probably won't have him any DraftKings lab. Not because I don't think he can dominate and go out there with. It's just that of the price range, these guys, at, you know, the five figures, there's just a couple I like more. Yeah, I, I get that there. Uh, one other storyline, then we'll start kind of going by tiers. I mean, we got to talk. You mentioned Rom. Uh, he, he was running, lapping the field at the Memorial before he got pulled off. The course because of his COVID test, you know, he, he's done his, uh, you know, his isolation. He's done with that. He's, he's able to play, but you know, his routine was disrupted uh, yet. He still seems to be like the betting favorite. He's the DraftKings favorite. What say you let's go uh, Jeff here first. I just, I always go back to the fact that pro golfers are creatures of habit uh, and by and large disruptions to the routine are not, not a great thing. And whether it's the pre-shot routine, the travel routine, the food routine, the, the fit, whatever, the shrink routine, everything is, is these guys, their lives are very, very structured. And so I just don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't shock me if Rom, you know, kind of the angry golfer comes out refocused. And, you know, this certainly is a great golf course for him. He's had success here. He could win it. But like, like Scott was saying about DeChambeau, I think in this top tier, I lean other directions than Rom. I, and I'm surprised, frankly, that he is the odds-on favorite because I just think there's just this extra stuff swirling around him now. And this guy's never even won one major. Uh, I, I'm going to go a different way out of the top tier guys. Do we think his routine was messed up that much? Like, aside from missing one round on Sunday, he wasn't going to play last week anyway. Like, he was just going to be at the practice range. Do we think he's, he did anything different aside from not play one round? What did he do for a week? What did I'm he do sure in he quarantine? Just, I'm I sure he just know. hit balls. He must have a range somewhere know. he went to, right? There's no way he wasn't hitting balls, right? He's got a, I don't know. He's got an answer for it. He had to go somewhere. I, I don't know. There's, just, there's extra stuff on your mind now. You just, you just lost $1.6 million payday. I don't know. <laughs> Where did he Maybe. quarantine? Did he quarantine in Ohio? Was he allowed to travel? I mean, 
I don't know. I got to think you, you're not allowed to travel, right? So you got to kind of quarantine there. And I there. can't imagine anything worse than an unplanned week in Ohio, personally. Uh, Wait, as Wicked, he's wearing his yeah, Michigan, Michigan jacket. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, that's he, brutal. He, he probably went down to Florida hanging out in Tiger's backyard just hitting balls or something. I'm How? sure he, I'm sure he found travel. a way. Um, yeah, I guess you could drive, but why would you drive to Florida when you have to go to California? I don't know. But you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I imagine that. Uh, I imagine if you're John Rahm, you're one of the top five players in the world. He found a way to hit balls at the range the last week. Probably so. Probably so. Okay, let's tackle the rest of the top up here. We talked Rice and we talked Rahm. Spieth at ten nine. Dust DJ's at ten seven for reasons. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. And Brooks is at ten one. I mean, what has Dustin Johnson done to merit this high price, guys? I mean, Maybe I'm just jaded because he's on my season-long team, but uh, he sure, he'll have an odd good Thursday or Friday, but on the weekend, he's never there. Boy, I don't know. I He's got the game. He's got a U.S. Open win. Uh, I sort of felt like it might be starting to come together for him also in South Carolina, and it can happen quickly you know, for a guy like DJ. Uh, I, I would actually take him over – Bryson at this at these prices this week. I know I know as a bitter fantasy owner, he has not delivered on his price season mm-hmm. long, but he flashes. You know, he's he just he's going to win somewhere this year. Uh, I think this is a good week for him. I, it's hard to imagine him, you know, just not contending, not being there this weekend on a golf course like this. So I like him a lot, and I love Brooks Kepka this week. The fact that he missed the cut last weekend in South Carolina actually makes me even more. On to Brooks Kepka this week. Just get out of there on the weekend and go back and get ready to just steal yourself for another major because this is what he does. So those two guys both, I think, are. Um, I, I just can't imagine if you pick one or the other. I can't. I can't imagine going to be wrong twice in your fantasy pools this week. Yeah, I, I not only like that Brooks mixed the cut, but I like I like how he missed the cut because he hit the ball really well. Just didn't putt well. Didn't play well around the greens. If he was out there like hitting the ball over the place, I'd be a little more concerned. But you look at the PGA where he lost to Phil, 11.4 shots gained, tee to green, 7.8 approach. He's hitting the ball really well right now. Uh, I'm with you on Brooks, but if I'm going to go two guys in this range, uh, my top two guys would be Rahm and Brooks. Uh, I'm not playing Spieth. I think that he could make magic happen. He's playing really well, but I just don't think the off the tee game is quite good enough to hang with the rest of the guys here. He can always do it where he makes a bunch of 30-foot putts and wins, and I, I get that. Uh, but if i got to pick between these four guys, um, I'm not playing Spieth. I'm not playing Bryson. DJ's tough. I mean, he he's the guy that can get hot. I mean, he he had two back to back eighties and then reeled off like ten top fives in a row, whatever it was last year. So he can have it any time. But uh, if I'm gonna go two guys up here, give me Rob, give me Brooks, and I'll uh, I'll fade the other three. All right. Um. I, yeah. And and that lends itself to the other question: Is do you play this top tier, or do you go into the the resource rich nine thousand dollar tier that you always seem to like? The nine the nines are freaking awesome this week. Yeah, Rory at 9.9, JT at 9.7. That's as low as I've seen in a while. Colin Morikawa at 9.5, Xander at 9.3. A lot of people talking that one up. Hovland, 9.2, Cantlay, 9.1, and Reed at 9,000. Let's go, Scott, this week. You say you love this tier. Tell me who you love the most. How are you going to build your lineups with these guys? This tier is awesome. I mean, you got elite, elite level guys in the nines. I mean, that's what makes majors so fun. Um, you know, as we get later on here, we're going to realize that there's not a lot of guys in the sixes that I like. There's very few stabs down there I'm going to take. So I think that uh, what I may do is instead of going with the top guys, I think I might go two guys from the nines, then build more in the sevens and the sixes. Because I think going down, another thing we didn't talk about at the top, this cut is only it's only, it's only top 60 this week. It's really tough to make this cut. Getting Ooh. getting six to six guys or five to six guys even is going to be really difficult. It's going to be a really low percentage. Um, you know, usually tie, 
it's a top 65 and that five sometimes makes a difference. Sometimes it doesn't, but I, I imagine you'll see it where, you know, it's going to be a shot difference, but um, I love Rory this week in this range. I like Morikawa and I like Hovland to be my, my three favorite. I think Rory's going to actually win this week. Um, I just think he's, it's wild to see him under 10 K top 20 the last three years at Tory playing here, obviously a different setup, but the tee to, tee to green approach, which is, uh, you know, Rory's staple is just, it's been absolutely fantastic. Leslie tournaments. It was lo- It was lost for a while. It's back now. Um, I think if Rory putts it all, I mean, he's got the easily the distance to play. I think if he putts it all, he's going to win this week. So he's my he's my favorite up here. I always love Morikawa. You guys know that. We don't talk about the ball striking. He's just so damn elite. He's uh, he's gained tee to green approach in 12 straight measured tournaments, a lot of them super high in those numbers too. Um, so I think I'm going to start with Rory and Morikawa or Rory and Hovland and kind of go from there on, 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 on my main roster. Wow. And did I hear you say Rory to win this week? That's the uh, pick. That's, the that's, my, that's my pick. That's it, huh? Well, that that would be great news for my fantasy team. <laughs> the only thing that scares me about Rory is that it just it's he has a lot of DJ in him now, where it kind of flickers on and off. And I just don't know. In the, is the toughest test in golf is that going to be the week where it all holds up and he holds it together? Uh, it's certainly the game. He's got. You're right. I mean, the game fits the profile of a U.S. Open champion in this kind of golf course. But you, Scott. Uh, oh. Along with his own play, have made me a believer in Colin Morikawa <laughs> this year. The man. And so he is my favorite off of this tier. Uh, the Iron Game is tops on tour. Uh, he's so steady. He just keeps putting himself there in all the biggest events. And uh, he is on my very short. I'm not. I'm not sure. I want to. I want to take in the rest of our podcast here before I declare my my ultimate pick to win. But. He is on the very, very upper tier of, of my picks. And I also like Patrick Reed this week. He won the Farmers earlier this year. I'm not I'm not sip, slipping past him at 9000 now on yep. DraftKings. It's yep, kind of yep. the bottom end of this tier. I think that's a good price for someone that um, I think could just short game his way around and grid his way around and just is another guy that's not going to crack. So those two guys for me. And Shoffley's sort of – He's kind of a wild card. I think he's smart to play. I wouldn't base my team around him, but he's another guy with the power game who's due. You almost put him in the same bucket as Rom in that way of just like the game's there. He's been there. He's been pretty close a bunch of times. No heartbreak. How has this not happened yet? Um, I, I would almost rather play Shoffley than Rom, given their price differences. I think Shoffley is going to be insanely high percent this week. It just you yeah. see him at ninety three hundred. I think people just gravitate there right away. Just I mean, he's usually in the tens and down here a little bit. He's never been worse than sixth in the U.S. Open. Like I think everybody in the world's going to be playing the Shoffley. He was second at the Farmers in January. I think he's the highest percentage owned guy, maybe under under some of the, the top elites. So is that like good edible chalk for cash games? If you're just yeah, I mean, playing I, like 50-50 or head-to-head, you could probably – it seems like that seems like a good staple because it doesn't matter as much as opposed to like a, a, a tournament. I think staple in cash games is an, is an excellent way to, to put uh, Xander this week. All right. Uh, cool. A um, couple of things. Thing, one thing I like about Reed is he knows which holes to get improve your lie on. Um, so there's that. <laughs> no, uh, so does, uh, no, so no, does no, Rory lift, for that matter. No lift in place this week like he had in January though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, probably not going to rain. Uh, I'll, I'll grant you that. Um, on officefootballpool.com, you can check. I've already made my pick for one and done. It happens to be Colin Morikawa. I actually, I still have him available, so that's that's one factor. But I also I just love the ball striking. I just if he can only putt. Although he did putt last time we played, uh, putted pretty well actually at yeah. the Memorial. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I like uh, his setup there too. So I, I, I'm going to probably build a lot around Morikawa. What do you think about Canley? Last time we saw him, he won. 
I don't know. I just keep overlooking him. I don't know. I, I think I just, just need to see a little bit more, even though, yeah, he has the win. I don't know why I just kind of gravitate away from him. Maybe it's the soft, the soft spoken and a demeanor, the steely. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it is. We, we, I just we, always we call, find we call myself. That, we call that grumpy. It. We just call that. Grumpy. Yeah. You don't like the you cut of his gym. A little yeah. bit of a dour. Yeah. Yes. I, and I don't know. And that's probably that's not a great reason to not pick a guy. But that would be. A I just always reason. find other guys I just am more excited about priced around him in, in the fantasy games. Sure. Is it, so is that the? I was just going to ask you: Is there anybody in this tier that you dislike, or, or maybe not? personally dislike but don't like paying for uh so it's can't lay for you jeff what about you guys or any of them that you you would you just write off say no i don't like them at that price before we do that what do you guys do i mean we went through this range we haven't even talked about jt who's like the number two player in the world. i know priced, that's priced under 10 i'm wondering why you haven't brought him up i'm wondering is this like something you don't you're not in something He's you're not interested in it's just that I like the other guys more. I just he just seems kind of all over the place right now. Um, you know his approach is still really good, but the last three weeks it's fallen off a little bit. I think there's just enough here that um, I prefer uh, McElroy 200 more and Morikawa 200. Yeah, so it's not a, it's not a fact I don't like JT. It's just I like the guys around him more, and he's not cheap. Uh, he's cheaper than normal, but I just I just like others more is what it comes down to. It's a yeah. weird season for JT. I mean, he drifted. He had all kind of these controversies at the start of the year and, yep. and things that popped up. Wins the players. You say he's over it, turn the page, he's back. And then really nothing since the players. So I don't know. Just enough red flags there for me where even at a discount, there's still other players in the tier I like more right now. And we also haven't said Bupkis about uh, Victor Hovland, who finished second here in, in the earlier in the year. Yeah, he's my he's my third favorite guy in this range. I do like him right after Morikawa and uh, and and Rory. I'm gonna have him in some okay. lineups. Just, I mean, he had he he's kind of a little stumble last couple tournaments. We had two top fives for that. Really great tee green and approach the last four weeks. Could hit the ball far enough. Um, he just putted terribly last week. Uh, I think that uh, I think he's I think he's right there with these guys. I I'd play him. I'd play him over Patrick Reed myself. Okay, that's good to know. All right, we kind of thoroughly covered that tier because we love it so much. Uh, let's let's hit the next tier, which is starting at, at eighty nine hundred. With will he ever win a big one? Tony Finau at eighty nine, Hideki is at eight eight, Simpson at eight seven, Zalatoris at eight six. That's as low as we've seen that in a while. Scheffler at eighty five, Berger eighty four, Hatton eighty three, Connors eighty two, Louis Louis at eighty one, and Cam Smith at eight thousand, and Justin Rose also there. Jeff Ritter, we'll start with you. What do you think about this tier? Why is Justin Rose? priced 8,000. That's too low. I, I just, uh, they, they factor I, in how many minutes of commercials you have to watch at him during the broadcast. Yeah, that's true. You will uh, see a lot of, you will see a lot of him this weekend, no matter what. This yep. is true. But to me, it jumps off the board. Justin Rose has won a U.S. Open. He's won a Farmers. He's playing well this year. I think he's riding at four or five top 20s in the last last few events. He's factored in both the mates, factored, factored in the Masters, factor at the PGA. Ooh, I, I don't know. He's he's also, I'm going to wait till the end of the podcast to reveal my pick, but he is a finalist for not only my pick off this tier, but pick to win. I mean, just very, very tempting. Um, do, you, do you want me to talk you out of the pick or just let you go with it? No, please talk me uh, out before I actually, you know, <laughs> punctuate this podcast with actual, you know, when I bring out the Visa card. So, so uh, it's Sports I, Illustrated money that you're going to get now. <laughs> We've we've talked so much about ball striking in this in this event, and I look at Rose's last two events: two top twenties, finished eighth the PGA, lost strokes tee to green and approach in both of those tournaments, gained eleven point seven strokes putting at the PGA, six point two at the Charles Schwab. 
I just think he had a uh, a lucky two weeks of putting, and I just don't want someone that can't, is not hitting the ball great coming to this tournament. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Compelling, but I remain unmoved. <laughs> That's all right. Fair enough. Uh, I just, I, I got, I, I, he's, I mean, he, and he's one of those guys that if you're going to play him down here, he has a cheek and win too. There's a lot of guys down here that, that can compete. I think these, I, he's I, actually a guy that can win. So the last yeah. two tournaments, he is fine, but they missed the cut at the Valspar, missed the cut at the Zurich. That's a team event. But, uh, um, well, actually, no, he did miss the cut there. I, I lied. He had money. He made money there. Uh, seventh at the Masters, missed the cut at the Arnold Palmer, 54th in Mexico. Uh, and the WGC it wasn't Mexico; it was actually Florida. It was the only seven tournaments he's played this year on the tour. But well, it's a anyways. lot of commercials to film. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, I know. He's, he's, and and I don't. We don't have shot gains metrics for the Masters, but the other ones, none of them, he really hit the ball great. So I just, uh, it's hard for me to hard for me to back someone like that uh, coming into tournament. But it's you know, he's call. he's just he's Justin Rose. So I mean, you know, anything can happen. But uh, I just uh, there's enough there that I have to feel like I, I I'm not going to take him. Yeah, last time he played Tory Pines was 2020. Missed the cut then. Uh, did not play this past year there. All right, let's go to some of the other guys in this range. Uh, so we we spent some time on Justin Rose. Uh, do, do we want to do the the weekly? Can Tony Fino ever win a big tournament analysis? Here is this a good time for that? I think that's probably enough analysis, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he hits it a mile. It's got the game like. We're just kind of waiting at this point. I, you know, I don't know if it if it's um, going to happen though. It's going to be here, right? Like he's got four top tens. He's seven for seven making the cut. Plays great, great on long and tough courses. But yeah, I mean, I, I really want it to happen. He's hitting the ball, hitting the ball really well the last three weeks, just and not putting well. I don't know. It's just hard when you see like those guys in the nine thousands that we know can win. And uh, yeah. I, I really want it to happen for Finau. I probably, I think he's more of a DraftKings play than a betting play. Put it that way. Okay. And his price is super. He's down. He's down to like around twenty to one to to win too, which is crazy for a guy who doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. That 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 I would. I, I definitely wouldn't bet it. That's, that's, so that so in this range, I actually love the uh, the other guy right above Justin Rose. I love Louis this week. Um, mm. Playing really well. Um, top uh, top three in two of his last four majors. Like playing well at big events. 
He's gained shots. Uh, Tita Green approach and putting in each of the last five tournaments, all three of those metrics. He's made eight straight cuts, three top tens in the last six. Uh, I think at 8,100, he's priced at a really good spot on DraftKings where he's definitely a better player than coming to some of these guys in the high sevens. And I like him uh, I like him more this week than some of the other guys in the eights. So I think he's a nice pairing with one or two of those guys in the nines if you kind of go with a balanced approach. I think Louis fits in well there. I think he makes the cut. I don't know if he wins, but I think you, you is a pretty good shot to get the top 20 out of him. He was my second favorite off this tier as well. Nice, like nice. Him and, him and Rose together. Um, nice foundation for a fantasy lineup. For sure. What do we think about Zalatoris? Another really good ball striker down to 86. He was in the 9,000s, I think, for uh, the PGA, if I recall correctly. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously he had a great run at, at the Masters. What do we think about him? I mean, you just, you just have to kind of like forget the week before, right? You got to forget Charles Schwab. He hit the ball really poorly there. But before that, you know, played really well at the PGA. He's played really well on, on, on long and tough courses too. I mean, seventh seventh here in January. Great long iron player. I just, I think he's right there too. I mean, it's hard to, it's, he's so young. You always want to be like, oh, you know, maybe not yet. But every time we say that, he goes and finishes second at the Masters. So yeah, I think he's very playable. 600. Probably uh, him, Finau, and, and Louie are my three guys in, in DraftKings. I'll probably uh, attack in this range. I will. I will also make the gaming golf mandatory Corey Connors uh, mention here that he has yes. drifted back down to being slightly underpriced again for how well he's played this year. So I do like these other guys around him a little bit more this week, but still tempting at eighty two hundred. That that's a major's price for Corey Connors, yeah. as opposed to you know weekly tournament price. It, it's one of those guys that definitely goes down. Um, anybody else in this tier before we move on? Those are the the three guys that I mentioned. The ones that I'm really playing heavily. I just. Webb Simpson under 9,000 is always intriguing, but I just wonder if the distance will be there this week for him. Yeah, and the neck kind of bothers me too. You know, that fact that he's he dealt with, you know, missed the PGA. I want to see something from him before I invest shekels in him in a major right after that. Okay, let's move on to the vast 7,000 tier. Uh, the tier so big, we're not going to mention everyone by name. Uh, I think it's just... But, uh, you know, podcast favorite Abraham Answer is right there at 79, <laughs> along with Paul Casey, who we always seem to mention. Uh, what? Why don't we just kind of – and then, of course, PGA champ Phil Mickelson's at 77. Uh, those – you know, a lot of mention of Mickelson so, this week, obviously. Narrative Street, Jeff Ritter, talk about Phil Mickelson. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to go down as the biggest story in golf this year, I think, at least in terms of what's happened on a golf course, barring something just really crazy happening the next couple majors. But just as it was this incredible lightning bolt moment at the PGA, you're asking for lightning to hit twice now. I just, <laughs> I don't think so. It's a fun, fun story until we get into Thursday afternoon. I would mm -hmm. love to be proven wrong, but if we're talking, you know, this is a show about where to put your money, how to build a fantasy team you skip narrative street here and uh, there's other guys around him that I, you just got to like their chances more this week. All right. Um, let's talk about some of the other guys this tier. Uh, Jeff, who do you, who, who do you like in this tier? I like, um, I flagged Mark Leishman, uh, 7,400 bucks. Uh, I believe he's one of farmers. I was, I was trying to dig that out again. I thought I, it seems like I remember him winning just another guy who's kind yeah. of like, He's been around enough where he's got a little bit of major championship scar tissue, but not a lot. He's playing pretty well this year. Uh, I just, another guy, like it comes in flashes for him where it's like, you know, he's good for one major a year where you see Mark Leishman on a Sunday at a major. And I feel like this could be a right setup for him. So 
I like him a lot. I also thought uh, Lee Westwood, um, you know, for a while he was a man on fire earlier this year. He's kind of drifted back a bit, but 7,300 is not a bad price. I, I flagged him at 150 to one. I saw on golf odds. I, I did not check the odds through DraftKings, but I thought that was way too long for a guy who's um, could continue the old, the old man narrative of the Mickelson <laughs> victory. You wouldn't really expect it to continue at a U.S. Open setup, but I thought he was underpriced. So those were a few, a few guys I flagged. Oh, and Kokrak, winner this year. I, you know, that's power game. I thought that was a good value at 76. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. I think Kokrak will be very popular in this range for sure. Do, now, does that popularity scare you away from using him in your builds? Uh, yeah, it does actually. Uh, I, I'll go stick with the top half of 7,000s first. The two guys I really like here, I love Paul Casey. I think that's not surprising. Everybody, like, I kind of always like him. But just hit it really well. The last two tournaments, the PGA and the Valspar, just putted badly. Last eight tournaments, seven made cuts, four top tens, three top fives. So he's been like really been making it run at wins. Um, top 20 in three of his last five majors always comes to play in these events. Gained 11.3 shots, tee to green, 8.1 approach, the PGA, elite ball striking at Valspar. I think uh, you talked about uh, Justin Rose underpriced 8,000. I think Casey's the guy right here that's underpriced for me. I think uh, 7,900 is just too low a price. I think he should be kind of in the mid eights, uh, definitely above some of these guys in the low eights. I, I love Casey of the week. I think he has an outside chance to win too. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, last week's winner, Garrett Hick- Garrett Higo, is down at seventy two. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen him in the U.S. Open before, but uh, you want to talk about current form? He's got it. He certainly does across here and and the Euros. I mean, he's been it's uh, like four top fives or top tens in the last five tournaments. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like, you know, this guy's really playing well in, in the European Tour. It's hard. I mean, coming off that first win, you know, how, what do you expect? He's probably been celebrating for two days and, you know, more than anything. But uh, he's been on fire, played really well last week, hit it really well last week. Um, before we get out of this range, though, I do want to say at 7,600, you talked about Coke Rack. I think a really nice pivot off Coke Rack, if you want to be a little different, is to go with Shane Lowry instead. I really like how he's playing. Uh, two top tens, his last two starts, top ten, or he's playing really well. Gained tee to green and approach uh, last six tournaments. Good around the green, five out of six. I think he has a game right now that plays really well for for how Tory's going to play. Agreed. Big game, Shang. I'm going to start that. Let's see if that catches on. I like it. Uh, And I agree. I had him flagged off of this tier as well. I like this tier. I don't like the next tier at all. Uh, So I I almost like – Higo is like my cutoff guy of, you know – pick a guy on form who's playing well, but then it got hard for very difficult for me in the 6,000s to just get excited about any of those. So, so if we're not going to go in the 6,000s, that means we got to find multiple 7,000s guys to make this all fit probably in the low 7,000s too. Is there anybody else uh, in this level that we like? Yeah, I like uh, I like Max Homa. Although you know it's 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 all over the place. He, his last eight tournaments, he has four missed cuts, but four top twenties. So you're probably going to either get a missed cut or he's going to be in the mix a little bit. Uh, he won at Riviera earlier this year. Plays well on the West Coast. Finished top twenty here. Uh, bounce back last week, which I did like, but it was a lot of putting, which scares me a little bit. But I think Homa is is in the mix. I also think our, our friend uh, we talked about multiple times, 7100 Matt Wallace is in play here. Missed the cut last uh, last tournament Memorial, but it's really bad putting. He hit the ball really well that week. He's up and down, but I think he's a guy that if he gets uh, has an up week, can actually compete and you know can be a top fifteen kind of guy. Um, he's he's good around the greens. Ball striking can be elite or go away. I do get that, but you know down at this range, you're looking for someone who actually can get in the mix. I think I think Wallace fits that bill. The mercurial Matt Wallace. He he uh, is that. Uh, how about uh, let's go Ryan? What about Ryan Palmer? Finished second in January here. Uh, he's at seventy one hundred. Any interest in him? He's had a pretty pretty decent year, although 
didn't make the cut at the PGA. Yeah, you like the track. I like I put a fair amount of stock in Farmer's, you know, open track record. And uh, it's funny, like we, we just kind of drift over to picking. I think we all had him like we're talking about him every show when the tour is in Texas. And then we sort of drift away when we get outside right. of his home state for some reason. But uh, I think he's a good sne- under the radar pick as well. And probably I, I would think lightly owned it, yeah. just based on the guys around him. Lost uh, lost shots on approach four last five weeks. Lost T to green three last four. I just don't think he's hitting the ball well enough for me to jump there quite yet. Christian Bezuidenhout has made every cut on the tour this year. Uh, nine for nine. Uh, 7,200. Interest in him? I think uh, he's I think he's too short of a hitter this week, uh, plain and simple. I, I really like his game, but he's a really short hitter, and I think that's going to be a problem. Okay. He's the new Oosthuizen where his name is pronounced differently by whatever announcer <laughs> happens to say it in that moment. So yep. I would like to see him in contention on Thursday just to see if we can establish a standard for that that last name. But I, I agree. He's not, not on my radar as a fantasy player. CBS won't show any of his shots. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I know that because he was on my team and he was making a charge at the PGA and we never saw him. There's NBC this Phil week. Was- NBC. They'll, they'll go for it. CBS will definitely not show him that. Okay. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Um, it is NBC this week. You're right about that. Okay. So there's no hope in the 6,000s. Anybody at all that like you squint, you're like, okay, fine. I'll use them if I have to, to make it all fit. I, I think. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I say Johnny Vegas, streaky, you know, was on the leaderboard on Sunday uh, last weekend, 6,800. But not really. I, I mean, overall, I sort of thought maybe you can build because, like, like Scott said, the nine thousands are exciting. So maybe you start there and you just kind of build it in that nine to seven range and and uh, and and walk and and wait to cash in Sunday night. So I think if you're going to do it, you have to do it with a with a purpose, and I think that purpose is you find guys down here who hit the ball a ton. Like you find some bombers down here. Uh, Johnny Vegas, so Jeff mentioned, I think is a real live play at 6800. He's sixth in driving distance in this field uh, in over the last 36 rounds. Hit it really well off the tee last week and finished two not only top ten last week but two of the last three weeks. Um, everybody's favorite Wilco Nienaber, uh last week bombing the ball over the course. Uh, he finished 14th, hit the ball really well. Um, a guy from the Corn Ferry Tour, Taylor Pendrith, is 6,500. He finished 23rd Ooh. at the U.S. Open in September in 2020 at, at Winged Foot. He's number four in driving distance in this field. Obviously, it's a limited uh, he's limited amount of events, but playing really well in the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, you're talking about squinting and finding guys. If I'm going to do it, though, I'm going to do it on Bombers. I think Wyndham Clark is 6,700, but he loses too many strokes on approach. Um, so if I'm going to do it, it's going to be Vegas, maybe Nina Burr, maybe Pendrith, but I'm going to do it with the thought that I'm going to get a bomber who maybe gets uh, you know gets a little lucky around the greens and makes the cut. How about leader in bombing tee markers, Eric Van Ruyen, as suggested <laughs> by Dusty Wagner, our a friend of the podcast on Twitter, suggests that. He's at 68, I want to say. Yeah, 67. 67 yeah. Uh, any interest in him? I splashed in majors before. Um, no, I, I think I'd still – I like – Scott's profile of finding finding the big hitters, people who are hitting the golf ball well, not necessarily the tee box uh, <laughs> markers well, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's got a little bit of you know he's he's been in the fire before on, on major championships. He's Sundays, a fiery so. sort of guy, apparently. Yes, yeah. indeed. He played really well last week at Palmetto, finished tenth, and you know hit the ball well. But you just if you scroll back at all the recent form. And you don't rely on just Palmetto, it gets pretty ugly pretty fast. Five of his four of his last five events were pretty gross. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, including missing the cut at the PGA after 
connecting with the T marker, but yeah. uh, so that yeah, green yeah T marker to green. You know he leads the tour in, but other than that, it's <laughs> fine. But okay, um, all right. So we kind of covered that. How about it from a gaming angle, uh, Scott? You like uh, taking a look at that? What are what are some of the bets that you like on your betting sheet? It's tough, right? Because I think it's really uh, an elite guy event. I think it's going to be a top 20 guy in the world to win, and those guys are all priced that way. So I think uh, any kind of how you build your betting card is really important, and I'm probably going to go two guys under 30 to one and then maybe two guys in the mid-range and kind of leave it at that, maybe a couple bucks on some bombers. But I'm betting Rory. Uh, He's 21 to one right now on DraftKings. Uh, My question is going to be whether I take uh, Brooks as my second guy in the range or Morikawa. Brooks is 19 to one. Morikawa is 25. I'm going to take one of those two and just play that. You can't, you can't take more than two guys in this range. Otherwise, you're just, you know, if you win, you're not going to make money. In the mid-range, uh, guys we've talked about, I love Louie at 40 to 1. I love Casey at 45 to 1. Can have money on those guys. Uh, I do like Will Z at 46 to 1, but I just can't take a third guy in that range and, and make it work out money-wise. If you want a couple of bombers, uh, just to, for a couple of bucks on, I think Matt Wallace, 110 to 1, you know, could compete here. I think Max Homa, 100 to 1, could compete Kind of in between there, I think Gary Woodland at 71 is playable too. But uh, I'm going to go Rory, Louie, Casey, and then either Brooks or Morikawa. I'm going to decide those. So these, those are going to be my four bets for sure this week. I've got – I am going Kepka at 19 to 1, Morikawa 20 to 1, uh, Justin Rose 60 to 1, and uh, I will throw something down for Kokrak. I see Kokrak 60 to 1. That's a little small. Those are. I was hoping he'd be a little bit longer shot, but I still like him. And then I'll I'll throw something on Westwood, 150 to one. It'll be a, right. an, an interesting pod next week based on how Justin Rose does this weekend. Yes, yes, we have it. Throwing down the gantlet um, and notice the pronunciation. Thank you, Joe Sheehan, for being uh, the guide on that on Twitter. He loves. Is, is that correct? Really? It, it's the, the saying is correct. You throw down the gantlet, but. It's been co-opted over the years to Gauntlet, but uh, wow. I did not. I, I feel like I learned something today, and that's uh, that's all I, you can hope for in a day. I know nothing. You know, I can't give you good betting advice, but I can give you pronunciation <laughs> advice, idiom <laughs> advice, uh, if you will. Um, okay, uh, one and done. I already mentioned I'm going Morikawa. Scott, who are you going with? I'd love to go Rory, but I used him earlier for a non-win, so I, I feel shame about that. So I think I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go Brooks Kepler this week. I still have him available, and I, you know, if I'm going to take a shot on him, it's going to be in a major, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pull it now. Yeah, I don't know if I have Kepka or not. Uh, he would be tempting, but I'll go ahead and say I, I'm going to take Justin Rose. Do it, and I will. Wow. I will Real eat pro next that. week, or take a, a very just, smug, smarmy victory lap next week. He One threw. He th- he threw the gantlet down in a big way right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking forward to next week when we'll have Scott, myself, and Third Coast. No, uh, to be named later here, but someone from Sports Illustrated's large stable of podcasters. Congratulations to Morning Read and Sports Illustrated and the big deal there you guys announced this week. That's, That's awesome, awesome, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, love seeing it. Yeah, we're it. excited. Yeah. Really excited. Um, more, more exposure. So it's only only a good thing there. Um, Want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for uh, responding to us. Uh, always tweet at us, comment in the the video. Uh, we're happy to respond. And uh, good luck on your best this week. Thanks for listening to Gaming Golf. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.